0: The idea that policies to ameliorate inequality would somehow blow out the national debt is one that's ingrained in economists, but worth rethinking.
1: Hello, and welcome to this podcast from the International Monetary Fund. I'm Jocelyn Frank. The Pew Research Center says that less than 50% of Americans see the widening gap between rich and poor as a big problem. And yet U.S. Federal Reserve Chairwoman Janet Yellen said in a recent speech that the past several decades have seen the most sustained rise in inequality since the 19th century. She questioned whether the trend is compatible with the high value Americans have traditionally placed on equal opportunity. Economist Justin Wolfers believes that income inequality isn't just an issue for the U.S., but should be a global priority. Wolfers is a senior fellow at the Peterson Institute for International Economics, and I asked him why he thinks this is all so important. What's at stake if income inequality continues?
0: If if you're at the low end and you're getting a small slice of pie, you really think that the, the size of the slices matters a lot. Beyond that, we might think that inequality has other broader economic consequences. One can think about a bunch of ways in which greater inequality may change how the macroeconomy operates. The rich may be less likely to spend their money. The poor may be likely to overspend in an attempt to keep up with the Joneses. And there's a lot of, I think, relatively courageous attempts to try and figure out those macroeconomic consequences. But I'm actually far more convinced by the possibility that the really important implications are, in fact, political. That the rising concentration of income, particularly amongst the very wealthy, creates a a big war chest for a very select group to try and influence politics. These are suspicions that we economists have, but the evidence really isn't in yet. We're we're not quite sure the consequences of inequality one way or the other.
1: Can you give me some examples of public-private partnerships or examples of private companies that have stepped up, that have said, this is a priority for us to make a difference in battling income inequality?
0: The major players in reducing inequality is clearly the government. The government has the power to tax and tax progressively. The government has the power to regulate things like minimum wages, and the government has the power to spend. And for instance, uh, think about greater infrastructure investment in poor areas. Think about fiscal stimulus that might help an economy in recession. So it's clearly the number one place. There are corporations who believe it's in their better interests. their enlightened self-interest to play a role to pay their workers well and hope that they'll get some payoff in return think about retailers you can follow the Walmart route and uh, pay everyone very little and expect very little of any of them or the Costco route Costco employees are actually quite well paid and they have real career paths they as a result have far less turnover they do have a workforce if you've ever been into a Costco It, it, it is enormous but the people are helpful the customers really appreciate that and so partly that's a statement of values but at the on the on the flip side it has a real impact and a real payoff to the firm there as well. And you see, I think quite a lot of firms willing to join. In some sense, you can call it a social compact between workers and employers. And the the deal is, the workers will work hard to earn back the rewards that the company's offering them.
1: What kind of policies can help move this agenda forward? Can help reduce income inequality?
0: There are, for sure, policies that enhance both equity and efficiency. Any policy that reduces discrimination is going to be helpful. It's going to help better allocate talented workers to the appropriate slots and it's also going to reduce things like um, male-female or black-white wage differentials and it's going to reduce inequality. Historically oppressed groups in the United States, African-Americans and many other countries indigenous peoples. The, The unfairness is manifestly obvious but there's also been insufficient investment in these groups and um, surely better outcomes are possible which is both efficiency enhancing and makes the world a better and fairer place. There are growth enhancing policies we could pursue. The earned income tax credit both redistributes to low-income workers and also provides an incentive for those in low incomes to be truly engaged in the market. So. There's good reason to think that creative policymakers can choose sets of policies that may enhance efficiency and equity or fairness at the same time.
1: What do you think about debt, about public debt? What's the role of debt in all of this conversation? I mean, if you're starting to discuss where the government is taking more responsibility, what do you say to the critics who say this is a really expensive proposition?
0: The idea that Policies to ameliorate inequality would somehow blow out the national debt is one that's ingrained in economists but worth rethinking. Changes in public norms, for instance, cost us precisely nothing. Reductions in discrimination would actually increase our tax take because they'd increase the total production in the economy, total incomes and therefore total tax take. Investments in infrastructure, if they're smart, may actually be a complement to productive activity. And the IMF has actually just released recent work suggesting that smart infrastructure investments, particularly during recessionary periods, may actually reduce the debt burden. So, I don't think that debt is an overwhelming constraint on our ability to make progress. For sure, large public redistribution, if not matched with progressive taxation, would blow, blow the debt up. But, you know, we've got both the spending side and the tax side. One can spend in a way that makes the world a fairer place. One can tax in a way that makes the world a fairer place. And as long as you do both in equal measure, there are no implications at all for the public debt.
1: So does that mean that you think that shrinking income inequality can happen to some degree in any place, no matter what their current economic position is or what their political position is, as long as they get the right kind of balance?
0: As an economist, the answer is that policymakers can adjust and have an effect on just about any outcome within within an economy. And the realist says, you want to think about what the political equilibrium is and whether that's going to be possible, and in the context where money is a pernicious influence in politics, um, maybe the list of what's possible is vanishingly small. But that, again, I think is itself one of the consequences of income inequality. So uh, I, I prefer the optimist view, which is the economist view, which is if we have the will, there are things we can do. And as much as money can buy influence in politics, in democracies, people ultimately speak, and um, if the level of inequality gets to a level where it offends them, then they can demand and I, uh, governments respond. And there's good reason to think that governments who want to get reelected will respond.
1: That was economist Justin Wolfers of the Peterson Institute for International Economics discussing income inequality. If you'd like to hear additional podcasts like this one, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash imf podcasts.